Welcome to a whole new episode of Faith in the Everyday podcast. Welcome back to Radio Maria Australia. You're listening to the Good Morning Show and it's time for our Faith in the Everyday segment. And today we'll be continuing our vocation series as we journey with... um, yeah, people who live out their lives and their vocations in their everyday, you know. In this series, we get to delve into the diverse and inspiring vocations within the Catholic Church, you know. Um, over the course of this series, we'll embark on a spiritual journey exploring the profound callings that shape the lives of individuals dedicated to their faith, you know, from nuns to priests to devoted married couples will be engaging in insightful conversations, um, shedding light on the unique parts that lead people to their vocations and the profound impact these callings have on the lives um, of people around them and their lives as well. And today we have a special guest with us, Sister Angela. How are you going, Sister? Hello. Thanks, John, for having me. Hi, all. <laughs> How's Thank all you. listeners? Yeah. Excited uh, to be here. <laughs> I've been trying to get Sister Angela for a while now, and I'm glad she is here finally, <laughs> you know, very busy, <laughs> doing God studies, doing mission. <laughs> yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. You just talked about how it's you're recovering from your um, from your tyrant, um, sister. When did that happen? Yes, yes. So this year, um, I'm recovering from surgery, and um Part of my story is that I used to be a band singer. So one of the challenges um, this year has just been uh, uh, recovering (laughs) and waiting on the Lord to be able to um, sing again. And Mm. um, I am back and just really grateful um, that Mm. all of um, my family and friends have been um, praying for me and encouraging me <laughs> beautiful yes yeah so um sister angela you talked about how you also just came back from darwin so you had a darwin mission how long was that for yes yes so um we had a big diocesan retreat called downpour oh. and um we i was there for about um less than two weeks um, okay. to help prepare for it mm. um but it's it's been a year-long preparation mm. um, for all the administrators, especially shout out to the Burks <laughs> and all the other um, uh, uh, prayer warriors that mm. helped uh, run it. Um, wow. Yeah. Just so a- that's... That was very successful. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, the most obvious sentence and, and, and statement I'm going to make here is that you're a Catholic, obviously. <laughs> you're I a sister. <laughs> um, sister Angela, when did that become something you um, you knew you, you were? You know, when did faith begin for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was born in the Philippines. And um, I grew up with uh, my great-great-grandmother. Mm. And in a small town called Camarines Sur in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. And our ancestral home was directly in front of a church. Oh, and so wow. as <laughs> early as, I don't know, two years old, I would hear the church bell mm. ringing, calling the townspeople um, to mass. Yeah. And I think that was my very first conscious effort, conscious, yeah, conscious mm. effort of knowing, oh, but yeah. just being drawn to... Catholicism and um, just uh, 
being curious about just peering out into the window and watching the people go into the church and um as i was growing up i discovered i could sing and so i joined the choir eventually when i moved to the main city in manila Mm -hmm. as a teenager as well and um yeah uh, that opened up opportunities to serve um in the church um, I've had uh, relatives who introduced me to Mubinas and mm. um, yeah, I think that really shaped so music as yeah. well as um, uh, my immediate um, carers and relatives mm. um, helped shape my, my, my faith. That's fair, yeah. And it just, it has grown yeah. from then. There's different things I'm sure and activities and events have contributed to the growth of your um, faith is there one significant um, event or you reckon it's just been step by step by step by step mm. i think one of the most unforgettable experiences um is that of the holy spirit mm. coming alive in my heart but just mm. this peaceful uh immersion in the spirit if you like yeah. um we had a choir retreat and i was 11 years old and it was just i believe looking back now it was somewhat called a life in the spirit seminar and i saw people being prayed over and i queued up Mm. and i was also prayed over and yes i just felt this deep peace and i know now looking back that that was the holy spirit feeling and um john although the next few years became um a bit of a time of turmoil because it then um like a few years after receiving um and knowing who jesus is Mm. uh there were certain uh things in my life that became very hard and dark and i became a rebellious teenager Mm. and just launched into this um self-destructive mode um uh with with so many things um, mm. that were happening in my life uh, wow. yeah it didn't make sense at first but looking back now I think I I can sort of pinpoint yeah. um what exactly happened yeah wow <laughs> so, yeah I don't want to yeah. <laughs> I feel tempted to go into it but I'm sure it's a long story <laughs> mm-hmm. but I would yes. love to mm-hmm. know how when did you first discern to be a nun now you've told me you have a very unique story and i would love if possible for our listeners to hear this again up to you but um how did you how did that journey begin Mm. well um i think the journey began when um as early as two weeks old i was already under the care of strangers and relatives and just Mm. somewhat lived um, like a foster care set up for most of my life. And right. so I've always really felt unwelcome and unsettled and really didn't belong in most of the homes that I lived in. And um, at nine years old, I was already sort of caring for my own um, carer. Yeah. Wow. And so a lot of childhood trauma is still something I'm continuously healing from. Yeah. Um, uh, and because I've experience a lot of betrayal and abuse from um, uh, male relatives and deep wounds of confusion and anger. This really fueled self-hatred as a teenager. And so I've really always felt 
lost and as i said earlier i, I became rebellious and um this this self-destruction mode as a young adult like allowed myself to be in and out of domestic violent relationships and just always leaving me emotionally emotionally disabled yeah. and empty and drained and yeah. so yes and they were such dramatic situations that eventually led to a need for a pacemaker implant or a heart battery so if you do need to charge your phone later on you can always come in <laughs> no. no 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 keep but, going um, <laughs> In 2009, um, I was in my most serious relationship that actually led me to migrate um, in Darwin, in the Northern Territory. Oh, yeah. But after a few years, that actually started breaking down. And that was another dark and rock bottom moment, which involved um, selling and using drugs and um, being under financial abuse. And aside from infidelity, there were a lot quite a number of death threats and wow. so um i think what i why i'm why i share this is that there's so much background um in woundedness and my vocation story is all about being a wounded healer yeah. and that's something that i'm really most proud of um in how the lord called me so uh during that breakdown of that relationship two things happened one there was an offer of a relationships retreat by a community called disciples of jesus community in darwin wow. and the second one was um a bush retreat that happened in wade in port keats where um two um missionaries of god's love brother and a priest hmm. um invited me to be part of a mission team so i was the only female volunteer um, at that time and i came to those retreats really drained as you said as you said um, mm. like just using that word and just really broken and bruised and um yeah perhaps just the word um battered but yeah. through those retreats so um, the Lord healed me and I found myself sharing my story, everything that I just told you just now to um, our brothers and sisters in, in, in the remote community. Wow. And I felt the Lord's healing love just consume me. <laughs> that peaceful Holy Spirit moment when I was 11 years old was back. And I just really felt... Um, uh, this pool, this drawing to, I would like to do this for the rest of my life. Mm. <laughs> like just being, or at least being able to um, look into um, where is God calling me next? And yeah. I believe that's the missionary um, life. Wow. So there you go. Yes. And and you knew <laughs> that you wanted to, because like you said, you've been in the, in, 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 in different relationships, but you knew this relationship was going to last forever. And it was gonna be between mm. me and someone who would who is not like them, who would care for me. And because you know, some people would go, Okay, I wanna do this for life, but I wanna do this as a married mm. person, like me, for example, and then I still consider myself a missionary in a way. But yeah. I'm married, but you you were like, I wanna be radical with this. I wanna, you know, mm. give why why was that? Like why was the choice not just, you know, do mission forever, but do mission as a sister? Mm. 
I think what was highlighted to me was that I was not or will never be too broken to be chosen. Like even in what could seem like a failure, um, the Lord still reminded me that his perfect love would cast out all my fear of stepping into um, whatever this next stage is. And so, um, because what happened next was that it just all fell into place. Yeah. I put structures in place around my prayer life, the sacraments. I went to mass um, and filled my, um, my, my, my brokenness, all the fears and the worries and the anxieties of being called to this. Uh, but it was really, um, uh, it grew stronger in that um, through the Eucharist, through the sacraments, mm. and, uh, just being able to layer by layer heal um, and be able to face all the stages of my life that contributed to um, that woundedness, that mm. brokenness and mm. the hesitation of um, the vocation journey being mm. a bit too late because i'm i'm already um in my i was already in my early 40s at mm. that time uh it, it, it was something that the lord and this is not my own words but so, someone um once told me god is never known to be in a hurry but he's also never known to be late mm. and that was that was something that really struck me as well yeah. that all right, it doesn't matter what you've been through in the past. He's still part now and will always be your present mm. and now your future. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Wow, that is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. I remember hearing a bit of that story at um at the at the Flourish at the Flourish conference, I think it was a Flourish course at St. Benedict's Parish. And I, you know, b before that I always wanted to you know, I know I had a couple of sisters in my mind and I actually had you in my mind as well. But after I heard that story, I was like, oh, man, I want to hear the full story. I want to. <laughs> and it is beautiful that. Oh, man. How fun. did you go about um, discerning? Like, did you call Sister Therese or did you, you know, <laughs> how did you reach out to the MGL sisters? I did. I did. So, yes, um, one of the structures that I put in place, aside from, of course, turning to prayer and sacraments, mm -hmm. just soaking in all that was um, I uh, had a spiritual director that I was already journeying with yeah. um, since 2016. But also, um, I was volunteering for quite a number of organizations as well as um, being in prison ministry and all other um, mm. uh, good works on the side. It was um, talking to other orders or other congregations as well reaching up to them and um just looking at their charism etc uh but what really struck me was that it was almost like the lord was saying angela it's been in your face it's <laughs> missionaries of god's love yeah. <laughs> um in their um uh charism of uh just just being able to reach out to the unchurched mm -hmm. the marginalized and being all about using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's what um, the Lord has been shaping me and preparing yeah. me yeah. 
everything that I've been wounded from mm. and healed from um, has 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 been now um, just fully integrated yes. into the charism of the sisters as yeah. well as um, what the brothers do as well. So <sighs> that's been something very significant. Absolutely. I'm talking about just challenges and things now. Of course, you've been through... You've been through so much and God has just used that to almost perfectly mold you to where you are now. When you look forward, right now, for example, I'm sure being a nun, like you have different, because I was, you know, I was the brother for, you know, for a while and I know that we face challenges, you know, whether it is from, I don't know, uni or ministry, whatever, or even just life or family even. How do you um? How do you actually? I should say, um, Angela, sister Angela actually was gonna come to the radio station last week, what like Wednesday, I think, it was right. But she was late on her essay. She couldn't finish her essay. <laughs> so that's actually funny that I talk about uni right now, and I know the struggle, sister. I know the struggle, but um, I'm glad we were able to hand in the essay in time. But, oh anyway, yeah. <laughs> in terms of general um, struggles, like how do you navigate? Um, <laughs> I, I, I wish to say that I just keep it real. Mm-hmm. I, um, in my own journey, um, that personal relationship with God, that, that development of a deep friendship, mm-hmm. um, in knowing that Jesus loves me no matter what, even if, um, I'm late with my essay or I'm struggling <laughs> with the difficulties of, um, daily life um the the most um profound statement for me is that god made me so that he can love me and so uh the challenges of of just day-to-day um saying yes to um whatever the schedule looks like Mm. or whether um uh, something unexpected happens and someone needs to chat with you pastorally and being selfless in that, like yeah. um, even though you've got your own um, plans for the day or like structures around what you, what you need to do for the day. Mm. But um, our vocation, um, I love Little Flowers, St. Therese of the Show, that yeah. she says that our vocation is love. And so... Um, yeah, I think yeah. that um, in the daily challenges mm. uh, will always be there. Um, but uh, knowing that even in that, you can practice the presence of God and yeah. just ask for his help, ask for, um, yeah, just just be able to say, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm. If, if you're running late for, for a particular yeah. Um, appointment or something yeah. <laughs> things are not going your way mm. but to just lean and trust yeah. that um god's allowed that moment to happen yeah. to still grow you and um allow yourself to be loved and accepted no matter what by me yeah, i love that because um i don't know if you've read this book i know in the novice shed we got we had to read um the book called practicing the presence of god and if you yeah. read that by brother I lawrence <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it just really yeah. <laughs> puts prayer into perspective. Like I know there is time and there's beauty of structured prayers at one o'clock, okay, or five, whatever. But then there's also beauty mm-hmm. in bringing God into you every day, where you're almost mm-hmm. like your life becomes prayer. You you know, oh, you have to go to this, you just pray. You have to go to that, you just pray. You know, um, it's beautiful for you to say that. 
Oh, John, I've had <laughs> prayers answered while I was I'm drinking milk or brushing my teeth. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and that's exactly what practicing the presence, the presence of, of God, God yeah. for me is all about. It's mm. knowing and being aware that he is at all times there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Two more questions, mm. Sister Angela, and then I'll let you go. Oh. Um <laughs> talking about so talking about you know just how you really dealt with in and i'm sure it was not easy at all for you to sort of um sort of uh, you know get healing for those wounds and those things you were carrying you know um i guess advice for people who might be in that same position like how how did you do it you know did you have to pray into memories and did you have to go counseling you know like how did you sort of go about you know healing those wounds Yes, yes, thank mm. you. Um, there were so many times that I hesitated in terms of um, ways of how to receive God's love. Like sometimes, as, as I said, it's sort of um, obvious as in my vocation story. But mm. um, one of the things that, that um, happened was that there were inner healing ministries yeah. that were um happening um in in darwin as well as um being in the charismatic renewal there's there's also quite a number of opportunities to really be prayed over um, yeah. for, for healing but uh to be honest um i think it was the like grace of supernatural courage to face um with the lord a lot of them in you in eucharistic adoration mm. to bring jesus into the memories that were actually hurting yeah um and know that he was weeping with you he was hurting with you mm. he was there with you in that space mm -hmm. um no matter how hurtful those times were mm -hmm. and um certainly uh the inner healing sessions helped um i can name a few um that helped me which is victorious ministries through christ of the mtc mm -hmm. i'm also now a prayer minister for unbound um yeah uh, prayer ministry mm -hmm. which is something that uh I felt the Lord encouraging me to do and be trained as well to so again mm. um, be a wounded, wounded healer in that space. Mm. Yeah, mm. so um, I can never um, emphasize enough the prayer and how Eucharistic adoration in the sacrament, the Eucharist filling me up, yeah. bringing to the Eucharist what's been painful. And finally, um, yeah, do not hesitate to get um, prayer for it as well as um, professional um, counseling, counseling as well as yeah yeah just just wow. um surround those surround yourself with with uh those things that can yeah. help with the healing process. Yeah. Does being, um, I know you talked about this word, um, this, this phrase, wounded healer, a couple of times. Does, you know, having gone through what you've gone through, do you feel like it helps you to, helps you in your ministry in terms of understanding or in being empathetic? Does it give you a much deeper sense of empathy for people? Absolutely. Yeah. Because knowing how much God loves me, 
um, has expanded my heart to be grateful mm. as well as see the bigger picture and um, how God worked even in the most painful times yeah. to show compassion for others. So everything that I've been wounded from, I am now able to use yeah. to do all my ministries. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things about being a wounded healer is you're not limiting yourself to, oh, I need an hour with this person to mm -hmm. be able to chat with this person. There's just even that one minute yeah. of being able to chat with a person, you know from your experience that you can say one thing and use that one, two minutes yeah. to actually speak truth about who they are mm. and how God can help you heal mm. them. Wow. So Sister I Angela, value those mm. I want to keep going. I want to keep asking you more questions. I really do, but I don't want to take. I don't want to take your time. But final question, I promise. And um, discerning, discernment. So this whole this whole series is about discerning vocations. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, you in a way you've sort of um, experienced both vocations in terms of like you know thinking about maybe getting married and having children and then being a, a nun. Uh, you know, what's your advice for young people or anyone really who might be in that space of trying to figure out, should I be a nun? Should I be a, a, a mother? I don't know what it is I want to do. You know, um, how do you, yeah, what's your advice for people like them? And then we can, we can go. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I think the, the best advice that I received um, and something that I've always also implemented in my own life, even now as I'm in the MGL has been with all the good works and all the good things that we can do with our gifts and talents and skills, which ones are the ones that you want to do for God? But more importantly, which ones are the ones that God is really asking you to do for Him? Mm. And so when 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 you're discerning it's always between two goods. Yeah. But yeah. it's 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 that question of but Lord, is this what you want me to do? Because mm -hmm. there's so many options. The world tells us, um, this this this. Oh, go to I've had like moments of oh because of my childhood stuff, oh maybe I can do an uh, like put up an orphanage or like yeah. <laughs> help with um uh domestic violence um situations mm. etc but um yeah i think it's been very clear from the very beginning and at the end of it all our our, our relationship with god strengthens that conviction this is where you want me to be yeah and um the, the yes continues the conversation continues mm. Uh, discernment is ongoing. That's what I love about God. We, there's mutual listening mm. um, as well as that mutual love. So it's, it's, it's at this point, even this very moment, it's my my own response to his love for me and what he's done for me. Yes, he loved us first. Everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sister Angela. Oh, man, I really appreciate you coming down. And I know you said you were nervous. You did not sound nervous at all 
the entire <laughs> time. I want to say thank you for that. You know, oh, honestly, thank you, just John. it's been a privilege. <laughs> really so appreciate you. Um, hope to play music with you soon at the parish. I would love that. See oh, you then. <laughs> see you then. Bye bye. God bless you. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening to the Faith in the Everyday podcast. Just remember that the interviews on this podcast originally air on the Good Morning Show on Radio Maria Australia every weekday at 8 a.m. Check us out. God bless.